This is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. Thank you, Jay, and greetings, everyone. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul was writing to his young son in the faith, Timothy. He asked Timothy to bring him the books, but especially the parchments or scrolls. This seems to be an indication of Paul's desire to read while incarcerated or possibly to write. Occasionally here on Are You Listening? I like to share good biblically-based articles that have been penned These are articles that I've come across in days gone by or sometimes recent. These articles are well-written, thought-provoking, and helpful in a study of God's Word. We will share a couple on this broadcast, Lord willing. But first, our Jay Webb has a special word. Hello, friends. Miss a broadcast of Are You Listening? Please know you may easily access previous broadcasts through our podcast partners at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Just search for International Gospel Hour, and you can find previous broadcasts of Are You Listening? They are always there, 24-7, for you to listen or download. And now, let's continue our study today. Our first writing today is written by Tom Waycaster, and it's titled, The Vine, the Branches, and Fruit-Bearing. The cross now cast its shadow over the late evening hours. Within twelve hours our Lord would be crucified. There is no doubt the Lord was fully aware of what awaited Him as the night begins to unfold. Yet He continues to reach out to comfort the disciples in their distress and uncertainty. This is part of what makes John 15, 1-11 such a wonderful passage. It is yet another demonstration of the humility of Jesus and His concern for others. The sheer beauty of this chapter compels us to stop and linger, drinking deeply from the words of Jesus, almost smelling the aroma of the freshly cut branches and clusters of grapes as we, with the eye of faith, journey along that road from the upper room to the garden. The primary focus of this allegory has to do with the relationship of Jesus to the disciples. I see two distinct movements. First, there is the allegory itself intertwined with the application in John 15, 1-6. This is followed by the blessings we have in Christ if we abide in Him, John 15, 7-11. Because of the beauty and the simplicity of this passage, I stand amazed at this passage as simple and plain forward as it is, has been abused and misused in multiple ways, even by some of our own brethren. One major abuse of the passage is the doctrine that Jesus is the vine and the various denominations are the branches. The branches are not the various religious Protestant denominations. Jesus plainly says, If a man abide not in me. When Alexander Campbell, Barton W. Stone, and other pioneers of the Restoration Movement had launched their plea for a return to New Testament Christianity, they faced fierce opposition from the denominations. This particular passage was used by the denominations to justify their very existence. 
they would compare the church to a great tree with its many branches and argue that the tree is the universal church and the branches are the different denominations. Upon careful examination of this passage, it becomes clear that their analogy creates a religious monstrosity that is nothing like what we read about in the New Testament. It is evident that Jesus was not referring to the denominations for a number of reasons. First, as noted, Jesus plainly says, If a man abide not in me. Jesus is speaking of individuals, not denominational bodies. Second, his words are addressed to these eleven men. There is not the slightest indication that Jesus said anything about the church, much less the various denominations created by the fertile imagination of men. Third, the church was not even in existence at the time these words were being spoken, and would not come into existence for several more weeks. Fourth, if the branches are the various denominations, then it follows that the church was a branchless, fruitless, lifeless organization until such a time as the denominations came into existence more than 14 centuries after the establishment of the church in Acts chapter 2. Fifth, such a position produces a monstrosity of a plant that runs contrary to the simple law that says kind produces after its kind and only after its kind. If the branches represent the various denominations, then each branch is producing different fruit, for each is different in its constitution, its character, and its nomenclature. It is equivalent to a single tree bearing apples, pears, peaches, plums, cherries, berries, nuts, melons, and pumpkins. Men laugh at such a notion, yet embrace precisely the same thing when it comes to the denominational concept of Christianity. What, then, does the text mean? Christianity has always been described in terms of a personal and individual relationship with God. I fully recognize the corporate unity of every Christian in the body, the church, but the connection of every disciple to the Lord is personal and individual. Obedience to the gospel is an individual responsibility. The judgment will be personal, Romans 2, 5, and 6, and discipleship is an individual responsibility. This parable sets forth that same individualistic concept with God as the husbandman, Christ as the vine, and each individual one of the branches. Brother Tom concludes, Unfortunately, this beautiful passage has been used to bolster the position that the Holy Spirit has to operate directly upon the child of God to produce the fruit of which Jesus speaks. Focusing upon verse 5, it is sometimes affirmed that those outside of Christ, in example, those are not attached to the vine, cannot bear any of the fruit of the Spirit described in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The specific phrase of interest right here is this, Apart from me you can do nothing. What is the extent of the nothing? Was Jesus saying that they must abide in him to exercise self-control, to show love, to have patience and long-suffering? Do not atheists demonstrate self-control from time to time? Who would argue that non-Christians are incapable of demonstrating love in their life? 
What kind of fruit is it that a person cannot bear when separated from Christ? Jump ahead to verse 8 and notice an identifying mark of the fruit under consideration. It is fruit that will glorify God. The only way to bear fruit that will glorify God is to remain attached to the vine. And the only way to truly glorify the Father is to demonstrate obedience to His will. This the denominations do not do, nor can they as long as they spew forth their false doctrine concerning the church, salvation, and what it means to be a branch attached to the true vine. Brother Waycaster truly gives us some things to consider, truth to uphold and commands to obey. We pause for a moment for our J. Webb with a very special study that we are offering. Brother Jay. Kind listeners, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please send the home study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. And now, David Hill writes about God's amazing grace. Let us listen. The amazing grace of God had its beginning before the foundation of the world. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. God's plan to save man was no accident or afterthought. It was the love of an all-knowing eternal God planned and in place before man would make his bad choices. Colossians 1, 23. The completion of God's plan to save man came with the new covenant. It was Christ's sacrifice and resurrection that made it possible. God's grace extends to us as favor from heaven and should be an encouragement to live the best life possible without looking back or turning back. Galatians 2.21 It should be the natural motivation of the great salvation. Hebrews 2 verse 3 To want to live the Christian life and carry this wonderful message to the world. Titus 2 verse 11 in the religious world today and among those claiming to be Christian, there is a prevalent teaching of no limits to God's grace. John Calvin advanced a belief system, Calvinism, that taught one could not fall from grace. That false system is still greatly affecting Protestant denominations. The idea that there are no limits, that man or woman can do whatever he or she wishes to do, free of any retribution from God, did not originate with God but with man, Galatians 5.4. The New Testament clearly teaches in many places that one can choose to leave God and fall from grace. Thus, there is a limit to the grace of God. Not a limit to God's power, but a limit brought about by and through man's free will. God's amazing grace is offered in His long-suffering extended, 2 Peter 3.9, but it is up to men and women to take hold of it in a manner of speaking. Through obedience to the gospel, we receive the grace of God through the washing away of our sin, Acts 22.16. It is there that we begin to walk, and the blood of Jesus Christ keeps on cleansing us of sin on the condition that we keep walking in the light, 1 John 1, 7. So long as we continue to walk and grow in Christ, 2 Peter 3, 18, 
We have the promised home of heaven, Revelation 22:14. God's amazing grace produces a beautiful life here on earth and a glorious home in heaven beyond our limited imagination. Next time you're feeling distraught or blue, direct your thoughts to God's amazing grace. It's what makes life worth living and death worth dying. We thank you for joining us today and hope these thoughts are of help to you. Let's continue our studies together, shall we? Thanks for joining me on the International Gospel Hour today. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.